Y'all ready to get into God's word today? Well, we are in part 12 of our series through the book of Romans. We are a note-taking church, so I would encourage everybody at every location to take the notes out that you got on your way in or follow along on our Radiant Church app. This is officially our longest um, series we've ever done at Radiant Church as we are diving deep theologically into this book, finding out what the gospel is and how it affects our life and who, what our identity is in Christ. So I've been giving you I am statements. We've gotten 11 of them so far today might be the most challenging for your life. And I think it's coming at a perfect time. I love the providence of God that this message was put on this Sunday. And um, I think it's going to be something that's going to challenge you, but it's also going to be a game changer for this holiday season and a game changer for your family and your workplace. So I want you to follow along with it. And we're going to be in Romans chapter 12. We've only got two more weeks of Romans. So we'll kind of wrap it up uh, the the Sunday before Christmas. But this this message today, it's going to be one, one crucial verse that really is a life verse for me. If you've ever come and seen me in my office and you're in conflict with someone, I always quote this verse. I've quoted it many times before from this stage. And then we'll read the context of the verse in the points um, given below. But I want you to see the verse right in Romans chapter 12. We are in verse 18, and I want you to see how Paul writes it. Because now he's telling us, not only has he said what the gospel is, now he's telling us how we're to live as Christians. And here's our mandate, and I think it's something you need to hear. Ready? He says, if it is possible... As far as it depends on you. All right, I want you to pause right now. I want you to take that finger. I want you to point it right at your chest right now. All right, everybody in this room, everybody in every location, this is who he's talking about. It's your responsibility, all right? He's saying as far as it depends on you, live at peace with, and I want you to shout this last word out. Ready? With what? All right, let's do it. Ready? One, two, three. With what? All right, now, now, that's, that's hard to put in context because you're sitting there and when you think of everybody, you're like, yeah, of course, we'll leave at peace with everybody. But that actually means everybody. That actually means even the really difficult people. So let, let, let me not change the Bible because I don't want to change it. I just want to put it in context. It would be the same of him writing, live at peace with slow drivers. <laughs> let me go a little further. It would be like, live at peace with Alabama fans. Can we talk about that for just a second? It would be like, live at peace with your ex. Live at peace with the crazy neighbor that you have. Can can we go, can we push it even a little bit further? Live at peace with Democrats. (laughs) Live at peace with Republicans. Can we put it on that side? Live at at peace with, ready for this one, with your in-laws. With with your in-laws, ready? Live at peace. Now, uh, this is for me too. Live at peace with with cat owners. We got to live at peace with them. I know it's tough. I know it's tough. But even with them, live at peace with your your extended family. Oh, that's tough. Live at peace with people who try to explain Bitcoin. I know. I know they're weird. Live at peace with them and and live at peace with yourself. Look at that. Even yourself. Here's what he says. Live at peace with. Can we shout it out loud? Ready? Everyone. 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 So here's the title of today's message. Here's your I am statement. Your 12th one of this series. I am a peacemaker. I am a peacemaker. I'm a peacemaker. This is so crucial because peace and people don't mix very well at all. I have a firm belief that I would live at total peace if I didn't have to be around people all the time. I would. My life would be so awesome. But the problem with is, 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 is peace and people don't mix. And because we're around people all the time, our 
tendency is conflict. Over the last 2,000 years, when Jesus came 2,000 years ago, and he announced that peace has come, he is the Prince of Peace, since that time 2,000 years ago, there have been 14,553 wars, averaging just over five major conflicts or wars a year. And, and you think, well, no, that's, that's during those barbaric days years ago and centuries ago. But it's so different now. We're so peaceful now, not in the industrial age. I mean, we put man on the moon. We do heart transplants. We, we have the World Wide Web at our fingertips now. We are peaceful people. But actually, the, the, the more sophisticated we get, actually, the bloodier we get. In the last 100 years, there's been over 108 million people that have died in wars just in the last hundred years, just in the last century. So to solve this, the, you know, humans got together and said, we're going to solve this, this war problem. And what we're going to do is we're going to create this organization called the UN in 1945. They created it with a mission of developing world peace. And boy, have they, they've been doing quite the job because since their existence has started, we have not seen a single day of peace on our earth in almost 80 years. Because peace and people don't mix very well. I, I heard this quote, that peace is that glorious brief moment in history when everyone stops to reload. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? It's just our world that we're in today. Our tendency is war. Our tendency is conflict. Why? Because we're prone to, to attack. We're prone to get offended. We're prone to be afraid and to be protective. And this is all within us as, as human beings. Why? Because it's people versus people. It's they hurt me. They abused me, they disappointed me, they took advantage of me, they let me down, they refused to change, they changed too much, they lied, they were too honest, and I'm a firm believer that, listen, that this whole thing is not going to work out if we don't figure out how to create peace within us to be peacemakers in the world today. David says it this way, he says, too long I have lived among those who hate peace. Doesn't that feel like social media right now? <laughs> It's like, I'm living amongst people. I'm living among, some of y'all is like, that's my family reunion right there. They hate peace. And then David says this statement. He says, he goes, I am for peace. But when I speak, they're for war. And I would say, David, you're a liar. You're a liar. Because we all are in this place. Where we all think they're the problem. They're the problem. They're the problem. They're the problem. Can I just give you some advice ready? You're the problem. You're the problem. You're, you're called to make sure that peace happens in whatever environment you are in. So here's your big takeaway. If you don't get anything else from this message, here's what I want you to get. Ready? Peace is my responsibility. The peace in my home, the peace in that board meeting, the peace in my workplace, the peace in my church, everywhere I go, peace is my responsibility. And I think of Christians took up their responsibility, which Paul tells us in Romans 12, to live at peace with everybody, our world would be different. But for some reason, Christians are just as much at war with each other as everybody else. And let me just say, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach a little bit more passionate than before because I'm really passionate about this thing because I think we would reach the world for Jesus a lot quicker and a lot better if we started living at peace with all mankind. And instead of cutting bridges, we would start, and cutting ties, we'd start building bridges to people because, listen, winning the argument is not as important as winning the soul. Amen. Let, let, me, let me say it again. Okay, I think we're missing it. Winning the fight politically is not as important as winning their soul eternally. 
And we're at so much at war with people right now. And they voted for this person, or they like this thing, or they're for this team. And they're, we're, we're so at war with everybody right now. And it's just part of who our nature is. And I'm sitting there going, have we missed our assignment, our God-given assignment, that we're called to be peacemakers everywhere we go? That God's um, nature is described as a, a God of peace 400 times in the scripture. You want to be like God, bring peace everywhere you go. Bring peace everywhere you go. So we gotta, we got to learn how to do this because we're just in too much conflict. Maybe you've heard the old joke about a man who was stranded on a desert island and he lived there for several months until he finally, um, a search party found him. When the rescue boats arrived, the captain noticed that there were three huts on the island. And he says, what are those huts? The captain asked and the castaway pointed and he said, well, that one's my house and, and that's my church. He says, well, what's the third one over there? The captain asked. He says, oh, that's where I used to go to church. Come on, isn't that the truth? <laughs> Why? It's our world. Our world is so filled with all this conflict, all this issue. But our, our, our assignment is to be peacemakers. Look how Jesus says it. He says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. I don't know about you. I want to be called the children of God, child of God. And how do we do that? We become peacemakers everywhere we go. So write it down your notes this way, because my role is not to be a peacekeeper, because some of y'all just go, I'm going to fly under the radar. I'm not going to say anything. I won't respond. I'm, I'm just going to be the peacekeeper. And God says, no, you're not called to be the peacekeeper. You're called to be a peacemaker. So I'm going to activate you, especially going into this holiday season, to actively make peace with the people in your life to actively make peace, even with difficult people who you've written off for years. I feel like the Holy Spirit brought you to church today to re-give you that assignment to say, no, as a Christian, we are peacemakers yes. everywhere we go. Amen. Every situation, every room, every, um, every work environment should get better because we're involved in it. Yes. Every single one, because we bring peace everywhere we go. Proverbs says it this way, I love this. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, and that's what I want. I want my ways to be pleasing to the Lord. He even makes his, what? His enemies. The people we don't like live at peace with him. He makes it happen. He works it to where he's going. I'm going to make sure that really I have peace everywhere I go. And they might not like me. I'm going to make them like me. They might not want to get along with me. I'm going to make them get along with me. I'm gonna figure out how to live at peace with every single person. So I'm gonna show you how today by giving you three very practical things that you need to do and you need to activate in your life as a peacemaker, which is our identity and who we are in Christ. And I'm gonna give it to you right out of our passage. So you just read verse 18. So let's back up into verse 14 and I'll give you the three things. Here's the first one, right? He says, blessed, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Now it's easier to curse at him. <laughs> Some of y'all do that very well. And he's like, no, I don't want you to curse at him. I want you to bless him instead. He goes, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. And then he says like this, do not be conceited. So don't, don't be conceited. Don't, don't make it about you. So here's what, here's what we're going to do. Here's the first one. Write it down. Is that as a peacemaker, I don't give people what they deserve. I give them grace. That's so good. All right, I know you're writing it down at all of our locations. Come on to St. Pete. Write it down. 
But here's why I want us to do this. Because our reaction, our human nature is you hit me, I'm hitting you back. You talk about my mama, I'm gonna talk about your mama. You you write me a mean email, I'm gonna write you an email back. And this is our nature. My kids, I got five kids that are 10 and under. And so most of the conflict, they, they do this stuff, it's so bizarre. They'll come up and they'll go, oh man, she bit me. And I go, Why, why'd you bite her? Well, you know, uh, I bit her because she bit me first. Like, why? Why? That's bizarre. <laughs> it's, it makes no sense. Yeah. Well, you hit her. Why'd you hit her? Well, she hit me first. And yeah. I stepped on her toe because she stepped on my toe. And I'm sitting there going, this is bizarre. Until I now get, now where I deal with like a lot of adults in the church. And I thought it was my kid's issue. You wrote what message to her? You sent what text message? Well, you should have saw the text message they sent to me. How old are you? We don't give people what they deserve. We don't give people what we feel like. We give them grace. Look how Paul says it. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. I don't know what it is that you're holding against them, but I'm telling you, it's not worth holding it anymore. Forgive. Let it go. And look what he says. Here's here's our standard for forgiveness. He gives it right here. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I can guess with an audience's size across all these locations that there's a lot of people that have been forgiven from a lot of stuff. And let me just say it very clearly. You did not deserve to be forgiven. You didn't deserve to have a fresh start. You didn't deserve to be in the church you're in right now. But by God's grace, he gave it to us. He paid for us on on the cross with his own body and with his own blood. And he rose again for our freedom. I don't know about you. That's good news. Can I hear an amen today, church? And if that was given to us, who are we? to think that we can hold back forgiveness from other people. Well, you don't know what they did to me. I don't know what they did to you, but I do know what God has forgiven you from. And I do know how great the sin that we have been forgiven from. And because Jesus gave this to us, we have to walk in forgiveness to other people. You 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 should be radically generous with your forgiveness every single day. I just wake up every day. I don't know who's going to hurt me. I don't know who's going to say something stupid. But praise God, they're already forgiven. Say whatever you want. Write me today. You know what? It's okay. I'm happy. Do whatever you want. You know why? Because I've been forgiven. And because I've been forgiven much, I'm going to forgive much. Write it down your notes this way. I am expected to give grace to the same degree that God has given grace to me. Come on. Someone needs to tweet it today. Put it out there online. Let it be in our culture that we forgive and we forgive quickly and we forgive generously. Why? Because that's what we've gotten in our life. He's, he's given it to us. So we, we don't give people what they deserve. Well, they deserve the silent treatment. Nope. They deserve to be cut off. Nope. No, they, they deserve. No, 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 no. We give people grace. Can I hear a better amen today, church? Look what he says. Verse 17. Let's keep going. He says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Okay, pastor, let's skip this one, right? 
Because we love to repay evil for evil. He says, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And then he says this phrase. I love it. He already says everyone. Then he says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. There it is. Everyone, 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 everyone. Whoever's hurt you, they're included in this. Whoever you don't want to forgive, they're included also. So here's your second thing. As a peacemaker, write it down. I take the initiative to reconcile broken relationships. I take the initiative. Well, they haven't said they're sorry. Who cares? I take the initiative. I do my part to go out of my way to say, I'm going to reconcile the broken relationship. I remember I had to learn this early on, especially in ministry. Man, people hurt you. They hurt you all the time. And I remember this couple, and they came in. They promised the world, and they, they were behind me. And then, then something happened. I, they got offended somehow, probably because of a cat joke. And it was wrong. I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> shouldn't have said it. I apologize. Apologize to all the people that are offended by all the cat jokes. And so I, 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 I remember sitting there, and, and they, they were so angry. And they started to spill all this gossip and all this drama within the church. And I, I remember sitting there going, man, that's just, this is wrong of them. There's wrong. And the information they had was totally wrong. Totally wrong. But I remember even going back to this first going, man, if it's, if it's possible, as much as it depends on me, I'm supposed to live at peace with everybody. Yeah. So I remember I went out of my way. It was after, I think it was after an Easter or one of those services. I had preached four or five times in that day. And the Lord seriously convicted me. And I, I remember I showed up to their house, knocked on their door. Wow. I'm telling you, yeah, I ever show up to your house, there's a problem, all right? <laughs> I'm knocking on their door. Who's there? It's your pastor. We don't go to your church anymore. I know, but we're Christians and we're going to get along. We're, we're going to resolve this thing right here. And why? Because it's my responsibility. Were they wrong? Yes. Were they wrong a lot? Yes. Was I going to suck it up and do my part to reconcile? Yes, because that's what Christians do. Because we are not peacekeepers. We're peacemakers in every environment. There are three options when a relationship is broken. These are the three options that the world um, that are out there. Number one is that you release the relationship. You release it. And that's the easiest option, by the way. So you delete them off of Facebook. You know, you, you, you ignore, um, you know, you block them from your phone. You're done. You're just, you're released. I don't, I don't know you anymore. I don't have anything to do with you anymore. And that, and, and by the way, there are moments, let's just be real. There's moments that you have to have boundaries. There's moments that you have to, if you're in an abusive relationship, you need to get away from that. You need to move away from it. You need to get in a safe place as quick as possible. We will never encourage someone to walk back into something like that. But, but really the go-to so much in our life is just release them, cut them off, cut them off, cut them off. So there's that option. Then the other option is revenge. And boy, don't we like that option. They hurt me. I'm going to hurt them back. They cheat on me. That's fine. I'm going to go tell the world what they do. I'm going to tell the world about them. We, we love the revenge thing. And let me just tell you this, is that you have to learn how to bite the bullet in this one, where you sit there and as much as you want to send that text and as much as you want to, you want to go at them and, and, and email them back just as hard as they emailed you, you've got to realize that our job as Christians is that we are children of God. And as children of God, he says, listen, do not take revenge. He will avenge us. He will take care of us. And by the way, he will take care of your enemies way worse than you can. He will get back at them way worse than you can. So what I've done is I've had those moments where, where I'm prone to just, I'll just release them or I'll just take, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll avenge myself and I'll, I'll get back at them. No, no, you just have to give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. And here's the third option, ready? Is reconciliation. And that's what I'm challenging some people today. Is there's people today 
who you need to pursue reconciliation. When it's easy to release and it's easy to uh, uh, take revenge, my thing is, is, you know, we're called to reconcile relationships. We're called to mend that relationship. Paul says it this way. He says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. But hear me out, Radiant, every location, look up. But we do this very, we do it all the time. We count their sins against them. They did this, they did this, they did this, they did this. That's not what God does to us. He says, and he has committed us, Radiant Church, to the message of reconciliation. That's our message. Our message is that no relationship is too far gone, no person is too far gone, that we can reconcile that person to Christ and that person to the body of Christ. We are therefore Christ ambassadors. Look what he says. As though God were making his appeal through us. Can you imagine how much more of our world would be reached if instead of us being divisive, we would be the uniters? We would be the ones that were going as much out of their way as possible to reconcile the world to Christ and to each other. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's what we need to do. So here's my question for you. This is your big takeaway question before we close. Ready? Is what broken relationship is the Holy Spirit leading you to reconcile? What is that broken relationship? What is that thing that you need to go out of your way to reconcile it? And I'm telling you, as you walk into this holiday season, I want you to walk in with a fresh assignment to say, everywhere I go, I'm going to bring peace in this situation. Well, they haven't said sorry. Who cares if they said sorry? Well, they haven't shown remorse. Who cares if they showed remorse? I'm going to walk into every situation and I'm going to bring peace. And and you've got to take this on as your assignment. Uh, It was uh, earlier this year, some extended family, there was, there was a rift in the extended family. And I remember this whole thing w- went on and I could see it, the enemy was in somebody's mind and causing division within the family. And, and, and I remember sitting there going, you know what, they'll work it out, they'll work it out. And by the way, they should work it out. You, you shouldn't be prone to jump into everybody's drama. <laughs> Can we just say that right off the bat? Like some of y'all are like, well, that's good. I'm gonna get involved in that thing and that thing and that thing. You got bigger issues, okay. So I sat back, I sat back for a couple months and I, I just prayed, Lord, Lord, restore the relationship, restore the relationship, restore the relationship. And then as I continued to pray about it, the Lord started putting it in my heart and said, Aaron, I want you to be part of it. I want you to be part of the restoration. So I didn't, I just jump in. Hey, you're wrong. You're wrong. I took some time, took a few weeks, wrote some notes out, wrote some points out. I was going to be strategic about it. And I was not just praying for the right thing to say. I was praying for the right thing to say at the right time. Do you know what I mean? Let's handle these things carefully. Think, problems don't start overnight and they're not going to be solved overnight. So you sit there and go, I'm, I'm going to be a reconciler. And so I, I remember the exact day where I woke up, felt led by the Holy Spirit. This is the moment. Make the phone call. And for some reason at that time, the person was available, answer the phone, the heart was softened, and the Holy Spirit was able to do work and the relationship was reconciled. Why? Because my job is not to be a peacekeeper, it's to be a peacemaker everywhere I go. And it's your job also. So I don't know what relationship it is in your life or your family or your workplace, but I'm telling you, I think the Lord wants to use you to reconcile relationships and let it be the mark of who we are as Christians in Jesus' name. Can I hear better amen today, church? All right, let's close it out. Look what he says. He says, so if your enemy is hungry, (laughs) feed him. Oh, we don't like that. He is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. <laughs> so in other words, here's how you get back at him. You get back at him by loving him. Oh man, it's so good. He says, do not overcome, be overcome by evil, 
But here's what you do. You overcome evil with, shout it out loud, with good, with good. All right, here's your last point. Ready? As a peacemaker, here's what I do. I actively love difficult people. <laughs> I actively love difficult people. Now, now, this is tough for us because we like people like us. And there's some of y'all that are in the room and you're going, well, Aaron, I don't have any drama, any problems in my life. All my friends are awesome. Well, first of all, you're probably lying. Second of all, then you've surrounded yourself with too many people that you're comfortable around and not enough people to reach for the gospel. Because if you're going to be on the front lines of ministry, you're going to be around some difficult people that, are, that you're going to want to avoid during the holiday season. And here's my challenge for you. If you're trying to avoid them, they're probably the very ones the Lord's put on your heart to invite this Christmas somewhere. <laughs> If, if you're trying to avoid them, they're probably the one that you need to go take to coffee. If you're trying to avoid them, if they're the difficult one, it's the one that you probably need to go out of your way to pursue during this season. Here's why. Because peace always comes at a price. Amen. Always comes at a price. The peace we have in our nation came at the price of those who served in our military, who gave their life to our nation. Thank God for them. The peace we have in our world. It's because people have given their life. And the peace that you're going to have in your home and in your workplace and in your own life is going to come because you're willing to pay the price for it. Because peace is my responsibility. It's my responsibility. Everywhere I go, it's my responsibility. That's why he says in the next chapter, chapter 14, he says, let us Christians make every effort. And let me just pause there. What's the effort that you need to make? Somebody, somebody needs to make some, you need to write the note. Some of y'all, you need to put it in the mail. Some of you need to take the phone call. Some of you need to buy a ticket to go visit that person that you've been estranged for for years and years. Why? Because we make every effort that's going to lead to peace and mutual edification, period, case closed. That's what we're called to do as Christians. Can I hear an amen today, church? So, so, so we're going to do our part to love people that are even difficult. The Bible calls them our enemies. Difficult people draining people. They're, they're what I call EGRs. You know what EGRs? Extra grace required. <laughs> There's some of them I just go, oh God, they're, they're walking towards me. God, help me, help me, help me. It's none of y'all, but you know who they are, right? Y'all know I like my little visuals. I'm going to leave y'all with a visual today. These are two balloons, the exact same balloon. Um, so exact same color, exact same balloon, exact same string length. The only difference between each of these balloons is what's on the inside of them. So this one balloon is filled with helium, and this other balloon is filled with some person's breath and filled it up. It's kind of weird. And because of what is filling this one determines which direction it goes, and this one, because of what's filling this one, determines which direction it goes. So it doesn't matter what happens to this one, it's always going up. Doesn't matter what beats it down, it's always gonna go back up. It doesn't matter how difficult it is out there, it's always going back up. But there's others, people, that it doesn't matter. I'm telling you, it's like that one thing set you off and you went straight down. That one person said one thing to you and you went straight down. Here's what happened. If it's bothering you that much, I would say the problem's not with them. The problem's on there's something wrong on the inside of you. It's better preaching you're responding, but I get it. Not a feel-good message. You responded that way? You let that thing dictate your joy? 
you, you let that person, you let that one status mess you up that much? It reveals what's on the inside of you. But 2,000 years ago, the baby that was born in the manger that was prophesied about said he was going to come and he was going to be called the Prince of Peace. So what I've understood in my life is that peace around you comes from peace within you. So I'm going to live like the helium balloon. You knock me down, that's fine. I'm getting right back up. You make fun of me, that's all right. I'm going right back up. You say something bad about me, that's fine. I'm getting right back up. Why? Because my peace is not dictated by what you do to me or by what you say to me. My peace is dictated by what's inside of me. I have the Prince of Peace and the Lord of Lords living in my life. I'm going to live at peace with myself, with everybody else, and with whatever's going on in the world today because He's inside of me. Come on, can we give them better praise today, church? Y'all receive the word today? You can be seated, you can be seated. Let me pray for you at every campus. I think this is a message for somebody's life right now that God's calling you to be a peacemaker. So every eye closed, every head bowed, two groups of people, and we're gonna end this message, end this service. Two groups of people. First group is you go, Aaron, there's a relationship that's broken and needs reconciled. And I'm gonna do my part. I'm going to live at peace. As much as it depends on me, I'm going to make peace in that situation. If that's you today, just unashamedly throw a hand up to heaven right now. Come on. Okay, this is a message for us today then. That's hundreds of you guys. Just take that hand that you just raised and put it right over your heart. Oh man, Spirit of God. Lord, I pray first of all for our own hearts, that our hearts would be clean. We pray as David prayed, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Lord, I don't want to walk around with bitterness, resentment, offense any longer. Lord, they, they hurt me. It was real. There's real hurt, but I, I'm not going to let that hold me back any longer. I'm praying right now that you would let me release it. And now I say I'm going to do my part. Whether they're sorry or not, whether they respond right or not, I'm going to do my part. Where I can really say I've done everything possible to live at peace. Lord, I make that decision right now. Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, give me the exact words to say at the right time to reconcile the relationship. And I pray that this holiday season would be the season that I truly would see the relationships that have broken my life reconciled. In Jesus' name we pray. With every eye closed, every head bowed, there's one more group. It's those who don't have a relationship with Christ. I want you to know you can today. You see, your, your relationship with God is broken because of sin, but that's why Jesus came. He came to reconcile us back to God. That's why he's a peacemaker. And he went to the cross and he died for you and for me, for us to be forgiven, us to be transformed and be made whole. So right now, if that's you today, with every eye closed, every head bowed, you say, today's my day. I want to give my life to Christ. He's drawing you. And now this is your moment to respond and say, I'm giving Jesus my life. I want you to shoot that hand up on the count of three. Ready? One, this is your day of salvation. Two. This is your moment to say yes to God. Three, if that's you, throw that hand up right now. Thank you, thank you. Thank you in the back there. Anybody else, wave your hand at every location. Just wave it at me, put it right back down. Thank you. Thank you, it's your day to be forgiven. Thank you. Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud together and then your location pastor will come. Say, dear Jesus, come on, say it loud. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I give you my sin, my past. I give you control. Become my Lord become my savior bring peace into my life and i will live for you for the rest of my life in jesus name we pray 
And everybody that believes it says, come on, let's give it up for those who just made the best decision ever.